don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. This is Social Minds, the UK's first dedicated social media marketing podcast brought to you by Social Chain. I'm Theo. And I'm Eve. And each week we'll be joined by a host of progressive minds to learn the unique and innovative ways that social media is being used around the world. On this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest developments across social and what they mean for us all. And if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to get new episodes every week. This week on Social Minds. They want to think about things yeah. in a way they've never thought about before. So Creativity is one on one equals three. We were joined by James Cross and Tim Jones, who form the creative direction team at BBC Creative, and who've both worked in the industry for more than 10 years. Yes, James and Tim have been behind many massive creative ideas for the BBC, including the incredible World Cup tapestry advert to celebrate Russia 2018 and the Alan Partridge email campaign that recently went viral. Now we know there are rapid shifts happening across the media landscape right now, and young audiences are watching more Netflix than ever. So are organisations like the BBC worried? And what are they doing to combat that challenge? What's the almost the, the newspaper headline and the clipping that, yeah. it, that we yeah. see at the end of this campaign and we work back from that? So it's... Buzz like, is the media you can't buy. All this and more, coming up. Are traditional broadcasters worried about rapid shifts in media? Wow, that is a big question. Number first question out. First question out I of the think game. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. When you, I think when um, so uh, for the BBC, when you look at the changing landscape of media, and you you think about uh, the players in the market now, so Netflix and Amazon and what have YouTube you, well. YouTube, um, the BBC is is. Is changing at frenetic pace. Um, and has to, yeah, has to change to keep up. I think. Yeah, to move into in order to serve a, a younger audience. So the BBC have to justify, obviously, a license fee and being publicly funded. Uh, therefore, it's our duty to to look at you know what other other players are doing, and the popularity of those people as well. So you know, Netflix, for example, have changed the BBC immeasurably and the rise of podcasts is changing the radio landscape um you know five live was kind of i think losing a bit of market share and then you know the world of podcasts is suddenly yeah. it's better primed than almost any any sort of audio outlet the bbc have to, yeah but to, I think, like, James, like that's what's great about the bbc is that they like we have a responsibility to reflect our audience so if that's where our audience is shifting and that's where we need to go and we need to serve them in the best possible way that we can um that's not easy it's a a big shift i can imagine so you you touched on netflix as well is it fair to say was was that a sort of challenge that anybody could have encompassed say 10 years ago to see the rise of this and where we're at now Uh, not really i mean we tim and i worked on blockbuster yeah i I think probably if you were if you were were looking in the right places you probably could have done (laughs) we knew it was happening and they you know they were a a business that refused to accept that that was happening and look at them now um i had uh, conversations in you know in meetings with them about you know you What's your what's your plan? What's your what you, you, what you shifted? I probably this is probably libelous, so I probably shouldn't say anymore. But yeah, it was, yeah there was. You know, let's it, let's it, just say they were chasing Love Film rather than uh, <laughs> yeah. Netflix. Oh, yeah. But then Love yeah. Film didn't move as well. That. It's like yeah. when yeah, yeah. discs through the post. It's like yeah. that was the that was enough of a change. And yeah, I don't think yeah, it's it's, it's amazing how slow these things happen, but how quickly get people get taken by surprise. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think people forget that, don't they? That Netflix was sort of, uh, it almost, to me, it seems like it was born out of the ashes of Love, uh, love Film in a way. And yeah. sort of like oh, kind of, yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, I mean, the gaming industry is sort of headed in the same way as well, isn't it now? So. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people in, you know, boardrooms of gaming companies that are burying their head in the sun that aren't going to move move the times. But yeah, what the hell do they do? Yeah. But, you know, that's... Evolution. That's progress, isn't mm. it? Yeah. So obviously, like we we have um, a lot of stats around the fact that young people are watching less linear television mm. than uh, previous generations. So where does that leave broadcasters? It's a, it's um, I suppose you the BBC adapt to that market. Mm. So you know, dropping box sets in their in their entirety at the same you know once mm. on uh, iPlayer. Um, you know that's the way we're having to change. We're having to, be, you know, behave slightly differently. I don't think people are quite willing to wait. I think week just, to yeah, week. it's just a shift in. I think it's a shift in behaviour. We have mm. like we have the content, like and we have the we have the people. It's just we have to shift our audiences' behaviours to look at ne look at iPlayer as the same way that they look at Netflix mm. as, yeah. a, as a you know as a source of entertainment. Um, not somewhere you go to catch up on a program you missed. It's 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 a place you can go to find a, you know entertainment the same way you can go to Netflix, and it's all there. I mean, we used to quote the the stat around um, uh, one of the most popular programs amongst sort of I think I can't remember it was like I think it was um, sixteen to twenty four year olds or something that like was Peaky Blinders, but they were watching it on Netflix, and it's kind of like making that audience understand that that's a BBC show, BBC property is yeah. on the iPlayer <laughs> the same way it's on Netflix and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's, a, it's yeah, it's a shift in behaviour. It's, I think, you know, we're well, we're well placed to make that transition and make that happen, but it's just kind of, it's, it's an education thing as much as it is anything internally and externally. Yeah. I noticed like, so drama's like Killing Eve. Mm. Uh, I noticed when that dropped on iPlayer season mm. one and it was every episode all at yeah. once. But now season two is out in America mm -hmm. and they still haven't released it in the UK because they, I think, want to put it all out at once. Yeah, I think But that, now it's just being torrented and streamed because yeah, it's already out I'm in the US. Sure. I mean, there is that you have to fight against that rising tide mm. a little bit. Yeah, um, definitely. Mm. I, mean, I think it's kind of like with things like like Killing Eve and like there's a there's a whole global worldwide thing within you know for BBC as well and that's yeah. that's an ongoing concern. So it's it's um it's delivering content at, like at the right time in the best possible way. It doesn't all you know, you know it's not always possible to do. It's such a massive corporation and there's you know a lot of lot of concerns and a lot of you know. You know a lot of programming as well yeah. that kind of and it's it's trying to seed it and get the get the mix of programs right at the right time as well i think yeah. which, is, which is interesting i saw an interesting thing around this which was uh it was a report i think that come out a few days ago and i think it was the bbc with one of uh, several channels sort of calling for a change to uh regulation because i know there's all sorts of laws about uh the amount of programming you can show and saying you know a plea to almost say that you know we can't keep up with Netflix in a way we need to be able to you know launch things on iPlayer straight away mm -hmm. and and in their yeah. entirety as, as yeah, well. It's not, not, legal it's not always a level play, level playing field um, because of what the BBC is and and historically what it is and how it, you know and how it's funded and it's and it's kind of getting everyone to understand how important the BBC and, and allowing us to compete <laughs> in the same way yeah. that everyone else can. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so yeah, it's a bit is a big part of it. So there's like, I think all of this to like going back to your very first question, it all adds up to how you know how broadcasters um, tackle that you know that mm. new world, that new yeah, all those new companies that are coming through and sort of being able and allowed to tackle them as well on a level playing field is mm. part of it. Mm-hmm. As a, oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, what is the plan for BritBox? Well, uh, I, I mean, I'm interested to know how it all affects. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I mean, it's kind of, it's the, the um, as I know, just probably I know as much as you, to be honest, um, it's the the British broadcasters coming together to yeah, you know, develop a, a platform that at least is going to be you know, competition to Netflix and yeah. online services. So I, I assume when, when BritBox comes out, mm. the BBC won't want to put its shows on Netflix anymore. I think so that's part of it. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of... It gives us a... It's rather than, you know, sitting down of an evening and having, you know, ITV um, 4OD or whatever it's called and then iPlayer to choose from. It's just in one place. Mm-hmm. I think it's just sort of, you know, we're all... All of the main broadcasters are publicly funded to an extent. Yeah. Um, so it kind of makes sense to join forces and. Will it replace iPlayer then? No, no, no I don't no. think. No, iPlayer is like a like the big thing for BBC. It's the yeah, big going concern. Say. But I think mm. it's just, I think it just reflects again going back to your first question is that sort of we have to evolve and change and reflect our, our you know how our audience consume mm-hmm. entertainment and. Um, part of that is, like James says, combining with other broadcasters to make yeah. make make that happen. And it's it's understanding that it's kind of people aren't flicking through, aren't channel hopping. You know, they go to a platform mm. and they channel hop mm. through that. Mm. It's like you know, it takes me fifteen minutes to decide what I watch, what I watch on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of that's the modern day channel <laughs> yeah. hopping, isn't it? Flicking yeah. through all the yeah. all the different categories. And it's kind sure. of like having understanding that that's how people consume entertainment. So putting the same programmes on that you would be flicking through those terrestrial channels just on a streaming service yeah. is the sensible thing to do, I think. And that's yeah. you know, to understand that's how people are consuming it. There's obviously a lot of functional uh, things you can do behind the scenes as well. Um, you two as two sort of creative heavyweights. How do you do that from the uh, creative side of things? Because uh, with, with, say, like iPlayer, because I suppose Netflix, their biggest asset is almost the phrase Netflix and chill. Mm-hmm. And that became a worldwide yeah. phenomenon. And that, yeah. that's, you know, you could probably attribute some of Netflix success to. Yeah. Um, I mean, the C in BBC actually means chill. We were first one. <laughs> so, um, that's it. Yeah, that's another. That's how we're going to reflect our audience. We're going to change change what the beer people think. Um, I mean, yeah. So we. I mean, we're just um, to answer your question. How do we make? How do we make it appealing? Is that how you? Well, again, we just sort of come at that creative and look at what you know what the audiences are demanding, mm. and then you know our brief is to respond to them and you know work you know we're lucky that we're we are operating within culture as well so that, that kind of gives us a bit of an advantage but um yeah our job is just to to frame everything you know we've got the content and our job at bbc creative is to make that appealing and, and relevant yeah. so well, yeah everything we do has to is through the lens of the audience and how best to serve that audience yeah. and we have the, you know, we're lucky enough to have all these different outlets for that. So iPlayer is one of them. Our, you know, traditional advertising junctions are another one. Um, but, it's, you know, so we can utilise iPlayer for the FA Cup this season. We've made a documentary mm-hmm. that sits mm-hmm. on iPlayer and, 
you know, we do all the terrestrial broadcast junction advertising in a, I guess in a more traditional sense. But then on top of that, we can, you know, we can serve service our audience through yeah. longer form content on, yeah. on yeah. iPlayer as well. So it's, the marketing form, you know, sits on the on the on that platform. We can surprise right? people and just you know, our job, you know, our challenge is to do something different within mm. that. So we can do something surprising or, you know, something that's never been done before using the you know, the tools we have, such mm. as iPlayer. Um, you know, that changes perception of the BBC and that makes us a more modern and relevant company and that's our that's our duty I suppose. Yeah. more modern and relevant to, you, to the audience have you yeah. found that the creative side of things is playing quite a prominent role in making the bbc and linear tv relevant to younger oh, generations yeah, yeah. 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 i mean it's all perception of you know i suppose where the bbc is coming from with you know having you know linear channels and what have you it it's it became or perhaps the perception of it is that it could quite easily be seen as old-fashioned very quickly. So mm -hmm. our job is always to, you know, make people believe that we we are relevant and we really are. We've just got to act act appropriately to those audiences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you got any examples that you could share of um, times that you've really tried to to bring that cultural relevance out in your creative? Um, yeah, I, I, hopefully. In most things we do is kind mm -hmm. of like that because like James says it's like you, it's what's exciting about, yeah what's mm -hmm. like exciting about it being in-house at the BBC is that you're you're operating within culture from the outset you haven't like when when we were approached about the job the things that thing that excited us is that you're starting at a point of interest you haven't got to convince them to someone to love the World Cup or mm. you know be interested in EastEnders or Strictly it's kind of you're in that world of culture already and it's just making mm. that thing you're working on relevant for yeah. the right audience at the right time and that's yeah. what's really exciting about it so um i think from you know christmas reflecting uh you know our, our, you know sort of what we see bbc one as being about oneness and coming together at christmas and all that and that sort of audience reflection through to the world cup last year the work we're doing this this year on sort of you know it's a massive year for women in sport and um, we can bring that to an audience before a commercial broadcaster would do. Mm. So we can, you know, we can part of all, uh, you know, a big part of, of our, what we call perception shifting briefs is to show how the BBC can be a force for good as well. Mm. So that's a big part of the BBC's remit is so that, you know, um, this year's Women's World Cup, Netball World Cup, uh, Women's Ashes and Open Golf. So there's a, you know, we're, there's a, there's a desire and a commitment that we can, surface those stories and bring that to an audience before someone like Sky or yeah. BT Sport would do really, who've we, got more co commercial concerns. We can grow the um, the popularity of say netball and then next time the netball World Cup comes around and Sky are bidding for it then you know to us we've kind of done our mm. job and you know we've helped the BBC as a whole have done the job of making netball more popular but you know Tim and I and BBC Creative from sort of we're there right at day dot mm making it trying to make get people interested initially and then you know we sort of try and create the groundswell i suppose yeah. mm. i want to i want to focus on how you do that for uh for a social lens mm -hmm. nowadays as well for mm. social media so uh some of the stuff and and a few people said in the office you know the stuff that you guys have been doing in line of duty mm. where it's like promoted tweets and you can vote and stuff mm. um so there's definitely a presence there but i know through earlier conversations with you james you were mm. saying uh that almost with with an organisation the size of the BBC, you can't 
for obvious reasons, move faster mm. than, say, social media agencies or other companies. How mm -hmm. do you navigate that challenge when everybody else seems to be sort of running around and breaking things really fast and failing fast and mm -hmm. whatnot? Yeah, I mean, there is a there is an element of failing fast, I suppose. But, I mean, we're lucky that the channels we have have such huge reach. Um, uh, but, you know, like Tim said, it's our responsibility, I guess, you know, promoting these shows to new audiences and making sure we're appealing to younger audiences, that mm -hmm. we do it in surprising ways. So within the social media field, it's... Um, you know, it's a crowded space where every single brand is trying to get somewhere. And yes, we have a bit of an advantage that we've got such huge subscription levels to every channel um, on social. Um, is to do something surprising and engaging and, you know, informative and entertaining and what have you. Yeah, but it's also not just like thinking about when you're making that film for broadcast. It's mm. not just, oh, we have a 60 second slot to fill. Yeah. It's making sure that you're making a film that is shareable and there's a story behind it whether it's a craft story behind the world cup film or um you know all, all the the uh the, the family driven story behind the christmas films that there's a reason that mm. people will talk about it and share it beyond mm. that 60 second mm -hmm. you you know i think we're very conscious of those particularly in those big jobs that you're we're making a film for we're making a social film that you know and we do cut downs for that will sit in junctions and broadcast but yeah. it's sort of thinking about all right what's the angle that you're going to get people talked about you know which obviously someone like yeah. nike with nothing beats a londoner does we yeah. do brilliantly it's kind of it's 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 content for you know that can sit anywhere yeah i mean we do often start with what can be the story or what is the you know what is the outcome we desire we did a an internal email with um, Alan Partridge, which we kind of guessed would go pretty viral, um, and it did, and it did really well on social media. Yeah, um, I saw that. It was good. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, like yeah, like we're both alluding to. It's what we we can do that's surprising and interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's not. It's kind of. I don't think you have to think. I'm like, trying not to think about too much about the channel. That, yeah, that is going in. It's mm. just again. It's always like, how do we get this? out to our audience in the most surprising, you know, relevant when, way. When, when you're thinking about that and you're thinking about your audience and how to reach them, are you still thinking of it like your homeland audience, which is, what, mid-40s? Mid because, no, you know, you said um, like you're starting, <laughs> maybe a little bit younger, yeah. but when no, you're starting older. from um, an older, you're starting from a point of interest um, with the, the work that you do. Yeah. Um, so you say like shows like Strictly and EastEnders, you don't have to convince people to love these shows. No, exactly. um, but it's say like, you're right, my audiences. parents adore Strictly, me and my friends, not so much. Are you like, what happens when people, you know, my age and even younger become your homeland audience? Yeah, well, I think that's kind the way of we treat. We so say we don't we don't preach to the choir. Mm. Um, so uh, you know we've we've got complaints for certain promotions. Uh, for the FA Cup last year, we used a uh, a rapper, uh, well, an MC um, from Macclesfield actually called MC Haribo. Um, <laughs> that's which, a great name. You know, we got some. He did get some. We got some complaints for that work because it was a bit. It was like too youth, but sometimes we kind of. It's for us that success. If a sixty-year-old mm. uh, guy is complaining that we're a bit too, I suppose you've got to balance like yeah, your totally. like so existing it's about, customers. It's about we're getting you know that that our heartland audience that we got are not getting any younger. Mm. So we have to sort of 
we're always going to aim for the youth because that's where our audience is coming from. Yeah, yeah. it's about picking the right we project. We can get them in and get them yeah. loyal to the BBC, I suppose. Yeah, and talking about the Excuse right project me. and at the right to the right audience at the right time as well. Yeah. So, again, going back to something like um, women in sport this year is that that does talk to a much younger audience because mm. they're you know they're much more aware of the debate around female empowerment and mm. gender uh, issues in sport. So it's kind of like. We want to speak to those guys, those guys, and they're you know. So it's it's finding the the best projects to speak to them, and Strictly and EastEnders probably isn't the right project mm. to speak to them. Although with Strictly, I saw they onboarded a YouTuber, which was quite bold. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, no, well, that, I mean that's just for appeal, but it's like mm. Tim said. So we don't from a, from a purely we're not going to change point, perception yeah. of the BBC by promoting Strictly yeah. to yeah. You kind of learn, it's knowing what's going to look after itself and bring an audience in anyway, mm. and then looking for those projects where you can show the worth of the BBC to that younger audience mm. and what the BBC can offer and why it is an Im- such an important part of, you know. Can we talk about millennials and Gen Z again for, for a second? Because uh, a lot of people listening to this will, will probably be in a similar boat to us in that they'll... Uh, one week they'll read a report from Thinkbox or from Barb and it's say, like, oh, TV viewing's never been higher than ever. You know, it's brilliant. Everyone's watching yeah. TV. It's all really, really good. And then you'll get what happened earlier this year where Ubiquiti will release a report and mm-hmm. say that we're coming towards an inflection point where mm-hmm. soon the ROI from TV advertising mm-hmm. is going to be 65% or whatever it was, mm-hmm. less than it was for this age group, 16 yeah. to 34 mm-hmm. year olds and whatnot. Mm-hmm. How do you make sense of Statistics. That side. I don't. I think everyone does. Let someone else do statistics. that. <laughs> yeah, statistics talk in favour of. Or oh, what surprise thing box tell you that TV advertising is brilliant? I think you can. Yeah, you can twist statistics and research to to your yeah. own gain sometimes, and mm-hmm. I think again you just have to. I think it's not hard to see what your audience is doing and. And then reflect that. Mm. I, don't th- I think sometimes, it, like, yeah, you can get lost in statistics, or like, say, or they get twisted. In it, it, but it's 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 obvious. You don't have to look very far, or or be particularly clever to see how young people are mm. consuming culture. And sort of, I, I think it, I think it's the way you have to be clever and use the statistics is is in deploying what you have to those people in at the best possible point in the in the best possible way but i think yeah it's obviously things are changing and that's that's no surprise you have to and we yeah you have to evolve with it it's the idea though i think you know that's our currency is the, the quality of an idea and if whatever platform we are communicating to people through then to us the idea has to be amazing and different and mm-hmm. original and that's that's, that's kind of what yeah, that hasn't changed since you know it was no I don't, it doesn't matter what channel you're on that's, that's soap box thing. soap you know soap pads with vouchers on the bottom of them to you know <laughs> to uh, you know outdoor campaigns or poster sites mm-hmm. or you know yeah. TV campaigns or or you know it's all about yeah the idea is king and we just have to figure out the best way to surface that mm-hmm. idea with yeah, the, with the right audience. It's the bird box example of promoting that series through memes is... Yeah. yeah. Because that, no one's done that before and that makes it really interesting. That made that campaign really successful and what was a, I know, in my opinion, pretty mediocre film was did massive things for Netflix. Mm. Didn't it? It's yeah. interesting you say that though because it does seem to be a sort of culture of, well, you know, nobody's... Ex- 
going to expect the Sun to print a headline tomorrow that says, oh, nobody's reading newspapers anymore, are they? Mm. Yeah, it seems exactly. to be like a yeah. similar yeah. thing going on with mm. TV yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right totally. now. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the numbers versus the creative idea there because I wanted to ask, I know we, we talked about this briefly yeah. before, mm -hmm. James. I wonder if there's like any more, um, I guess, pressure on you guys to um, react to these uh, stats and, and numbers and the people coming to you now with more data say, oh, we've, mm. we've looked into the audience. This is what they're doing. This is what mm. they're not doing. Mm. And are you finding that you have to take that into account a bit more and maybe battle against that a bit yeah. more and keep the creative at the forefront of what That's you're doing? Right. I mean, the, statistically, uh, you know, data is always going to inform what we do strategically mm. and how we approach things. But um, it, it'll always inform our brief and it always has done since, you know, Tim and I started yeah, yeah, 15 years yeah. ago. It's yeah. the same when we were, yeah, when you're yeah. selling carrots, but to when you're selling cars to selling TV programmes, it's kind of yeah. like that always it has to influence it. But ultimately, when the brief arrives with us, like, it, it, it's still what's the best idea to, yeah. whether it's, but I was saying not trying to think about it's context yeah it? and the medium too much or where it's going to sit it's yeah. sort of you know not thinking about all right like nowadays it's not thinking about i don't think we're thinking like okay so this is like say it's a tv ad or it's a it's a piece of content that's going to appeal to our audience mm. in the best possible way yeah and it's that you know it's backed up by the, those you know those figures but we're our role has, has always been again is to shift perceptions with a with an audience yeah. and whether that's again yeah. carrots Cars yeah. or again, people oh, talking about it doesn't matter how yeah. we get that message. So, you know, the Partridge thing was an email, and the World Cup campaign was essentially a TV commercial. Mm. And you know, our next uh, Women's World Cup campaign has a I can't give you give it away, but as a slightly different element, but it's kind of <laughs> all these things that are talkable. And then, you know, we're getting in the newspapers or you know various social channels are talking about our work. That yeah. you know, we've we've kind of hit. Yeah, the I mean, the World Cup last year was. The story was a love. There was a craft story, and like that's mm. the oldest story in the book. But it's still, you know, done in the right way. It can still engage mm, with yeah. the with the right audience. And you it's know, not it really too far connected. removed from us in that sense. So we always have this debate here whether like data is so important, like strategically. Mm. But yeah, it's it's finding that balance so it's not hindering the creative and yeah, yeah trying not to get bogged down with the yeah. Numbers. Totally, and yeah. data means nothing unless it's like consumed, picked apart put back together and deployed in a mm. interesting way it's yeah. like otherwise you know you just put the put the stats out there and <laughs> it's it comes an infographic not a yeah everything would be would be yeah information led but people still want good ideas and interesting stories and they want to think about things yeah. in a way they've never thought about before so creativity is one and one equals three and it's yeah but data can inform hey, you to sort of the title to like Theo's favourite book oh, oh really Dave <laughs> Shop but yeah okay, one well, plus one equals data three two, I'm sure it's two that. plus two equals five <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah no you're not wrong <laughs> but yeah. you said similar things I suppose about the uh, the medium as well now the medium hasn't you know the media is still the people consuming and whatnot. but it'd be criminal to have you on this podcast and not to ask your uh, views on TV advertising mm. and whether as a medium it still really stands up and it's still sustainable to have eight messages or whatever per break, you yeah. know, on most commercial TV. Yeah, I think it's still, to. I mean, for, depending on your audience, obviously, I think mm. it's still the, it strikes me as the way to get a mass audience. Um, and again, good ideas and quality production absolutely shines through. 
on TV. I think there's another element to TV advertising now that is not just going on in, during Coronation Street. Mm. A good TV ad actually exists. You know, we'll get shared yeah. if it's amazingly funny or whatever. I think that's rare. And mm. I think mm. these days, because it's so cheap, essentially, to make a TV commercial, um, you, you know, there's quite a lot of dross out there as well. But um, It's the same. But again, it's the same, isn't it? You know, 90% of advertising has always been wallpaper and we'll continue to do so mm. 10% of it will cut yeah. through and yeah. create yeah. debate and it's, create I think it's interest always interesting and, when you know because it was always the default position to go right we do a TV ad but mm. I think these days you know you can do um, I don't know uh, Pizza Hut can reply to a tweet from Kim Kardashian and then mm. you know get 10 million retweets and whatever from that yeah. you yeah, know which big, can be equally be successful it's kind of yeah. just being culturally relevant and you know on the on point i suppose the disadvantage to tv advertising is you can't be reactive and these days yeah. i think there's a lot of currency in being reactive yeah. and i think as, and a, as, a, as, a, as a central but i mean and it wouldn't it wouldn't perpetuate itself in the same way if it wasn't successful but i think it is a as a medium it's a good central focal point for everything else to revolve around mm -hmm. and sort of it's almost i kind of see it as sort of it's the place to start the conversation yeah. and then it's like you've got so many different places now to be able to continue that conversation and sort of make it interesting it's sort of it's the it's the wave in the room to <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's that's interesting because we'll sort of say that i don't know as a as a, as a social media agency we're like no that's the uh you know, it's happening here. People mm. are second screening. It's happening yeah. on the phone. Yeah. That's the place to. I I, I so do. That's that's I, do. That's a, that's a, I think that's a massive like like benefit because again, you take nothing beats Londoner. It was sort of that was it's a it's a it's a film at its heart, but it's a social campaign. Really, mm. Mm. Um, is where it really came to life. <laughs> so a social campaign at its heart is sort of TV is just was just where it sort of surfaced and but really it's it's, it's how you leverage that I think and how you continue the story. Do you think there's much um, value in that still though if, if it's like a social campaign say an advert was made for social mm. and we know that's where it all performed the best or maybe that's where it can reach its right audience or do something a little bit different is it still worthwhile that brands and advertisers are advertising on telly almost like a box ticking exercise like it's still their default think, as you say well, I think the brands yeah. that are doing it as a box ticking exercise aren't doing it well and yeah. correctly and using it as a best medium big, yeah I don't know if it's I'd necessarily always call it box ticking because um, I think some brands do social media as box ticking and mm. it's well, disastrous yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know I remember once we worked at an agency which salad and the the big idea was to give the salad bag of salad a Twitter feed yeah. <laughs> um, which was a bit I rubbish think, yeah, I think bad marketing can be deployed in the wrong places no, yeah. matter, no matter what it yeah. is um, and I think if you do it if you if you again if you've got a brilliant idea and you make it well in the right medium then like from whether it's a an all staff email for Alan Partridge that didn't you know didn't cost a thing to you know a like the, the two minute Christmas film that actually does mm. like the broadcast is the right place for it because mm. it does you know yeah. people watch it all the John Lewis Christmas commercial everyone stops the John, to the to John Lewis Christmas commercial it. is probably more successful on social media because mm. it goes out two days before it's big yeah. on air moment yeah. it's um it's good ideas exist in you know a media neutral mm. I guess 
It's an interesting way of looking at it. Mm. Very, very true what you said about, you know, the John Lewis advert almost does better on social media. Mm. I think I think we'd completely agree mm. because that's almost like Yeah, that's the, where the uh, conversation's so happening. Everyone talks about it. Yeah. Isn't it about exactly. TV? It's like, it's, it's a great way of of broadcasting a message to someone but there's no but you're starting like, the conversation yeah. like you're yeah. shouting that's into the I void think it's just it's the no it's the hello and then yeah. now, like nowadays like well before it might you might have continued that conversation in a poster or but posters or can have the same effect now the KFC have done in the last 12 months done two posters that have been you know the f- fuck one I um, thought that was brilliant yeah. oh can I say fuck um, yeah. Yeah, you can do. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the alphabet it out with a chicken. <laughs> the alphabet, yeah, you should do that. Uh, the um, the alphabet thing as well is I don't know how many times that post or press ad ran. Probably once mm. in the Evening Standard, but the conversation it creates a good idea or slightly you know prickly idea creates mm. um, yeah, can definitely. be absolutely massive. Uh, for us, the World Cup. The, again, sorry, just go back to the World Cup ad. Did well on TV, but it was spoken about on social media mm. and it went on and on. And well, it's, it's kind of like, you, again, it's sort of how do you create that conversation? So, it, I mean, it's, an, it's, a, it's a great ad, but it's the it was only when everyone started to realise that it was actually you know, individually stitched frames mm. of tapestry that mm. like and then that's a, okay that's the story and that's the that's the conversation. And it's kind of looking yeah, for, hook, yeah, it's looking yeah. for reasons to have those conversations like I said like I was saying it's sort of it's almost like yeah, that's the that's the hello the starting point of the conversation and, and you know most advertising has nothing more to say mm. other mm. than that first just it's there and it's gone but if you've got a good idea with a good story behind it a good conversation behind it then you can carry yeah. that on now in social media mm. do you do you think that it's possible to achieve that every time because things like the KFC advert and even mm. the Alan, Alan Partridge mm. execution mm. like those little special moments seem like almost one in a million campaigns where like everything not, not comes a, together and the conversation I think that's always, is massive. that's always our ambition mm. um, but yeah you know I don't think we do it <laughs> yeah, nearly yeah. every time do no, we but no. um, sometimes think, you, you again you take a shot and you fail yeah. <laughs> you know sometimes you you don't take a shot and oh, you there just isn't, have to there just isn't you aren't really going to get into you know so we'll do a ad for I don't know we'll do a campaign for cricket for example and it's going to be very hard for us to break through to the a national conversation with a you know cricket is a relatively niche sport these days yeah um, is that how you're measuring success these days if something is able to generate that mass conversation on like social or in the press I think we've always generated and I think anyone in marketing would generate would consider that as the ultimate success that you're creating a conversation we always talk about as brands trying to lead the conversation yeah, um, as, yeah as a creative team we were coming through and but it's, yeah success you know for the BBC is is um, engagement figures I suppose and you know for cornflakes it's sales yeah um, it's sort yeah, of it's how we, yeah we have a like again going back we have a chance to sort of impact culture with what we do because we are at the you know we're as a broadcaster and not just a BBC you're kind of at the forefront of culture like I say it's like mm. as a as a brand as a retailer or if you're trying to vlog something you're trying to create that culture from scratch from a standing start mm. um, so I think it's our responsibility to, to sort of make the most of that position because if you're not then you kind of it's you're wasting <laughs> you're wasting that opportunity it's not all, yeah. it's not always the case with all of the all the properties we work on but it's kind of an understanding of 
of investing in the right briefs and in the right projects to mm. you know to know when that is so going back to strictly it's it's brilliant and but it's it's great and it's it's a yearly thing that people are going to come to and lo and love it for what it is same you know same with a lot of lot of things on the BBC so yes we love it and we put time and effort into it but we kind of know it's going to not look after itself but it's like James said you know, it's not the place where we're going to shift perceptions necessarily mm. so we have to look yeah. for those look for those opportunities invest in those opportunities because yeah. there's a lot of like we make a lot of campaigns and we can't we're not going to break through and shift that and make that perception shift on every single campaign we do it's just would be naive to think that we could so we have to look for the ones that will make the noise and sort of that is interesting. Invest though, time and effort, you know, time, effort, and 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 money into those. Mm. That in, that that is interesting. What you sort of say as well about uh, virality, because uh, we're starting to notice. I think as an agency as well, we're starting to notice a real kind of uh, a lot of conversations happening at the moment of the value of virality. So imagine for somebody like the BBC, you know, if everybody's talking about line of duty is the best thing mm. in the world. Of course, we, you mm. know, naturally they are. And if you could give a bit of a push through social. Mm. Um, Everyday marketing, I wonder where you stand on where virality is going now. You know, virality, yes, you can get that impact, but if that always leads to that kind of call to action, that taken action, that perception change, that yeah, sort of, is it just conversation like for conversation's sake? Or? on really vanity metrics and the, the use of those. Yeah. I think it's really rare these days, sort of that viral, yeah. like, again, when, we, you know, we came through the, point as a creative team where we would get briefed for a, for something that will go viral yeah. and it's just like it's but I think because of the way social media's sort of become such a huge thing that like the, the really true viral is quite a rare thing now you have to pay for that and cleverly strategize for that and mm. engage with influencers in the right way and sort of it's kind of like I don't yeah I think that true like viral is quite a, is quite uncommon these days just because of, just because of it's, that it's, it's, you're becoming front of mind aren't you and I think any brand wants to be front of mind in, mm -hmm. within their market you know you want to be the first box of cornflakes that people reach for because you, you want to be the default choice mm. um, but yeah I think it's just a, you know if you can have a viral um, you know if something you could do goes goes that way then you know, I think that that's absolutely success um, for your marketing, and then hopefully that translates into your product. But you know, if you've got a shit product, then it's a waste of time. Yeah, or if you've got a great product and you're, yeah. you know, you've, you're, you're saying something boring about it, then you yeah, know, exactly. yeah. you reap what you sow. I think. Yeah, I kind of like, but, but like again, when we started out as a creative team, it was in the like in the age of Crispin Porter and all those guys, and it was like, well, we start with the PR story and work back. And it was kind of before viral and social media and yeah. digital you know, advertising yeah. existed, but you still start with, all right, how are we gonna make, how are we gonna create a buzz? What's the, almost the the newspaper headline and the clipping that yeah. that we yeah. see at the end of this campaign and we work back from that, so it's- Buzz like, is the media you can't buy, I think. And I think, yeah, yeah everyone's- You still work from that, really. It's the, it's the golden egg, isn't it? Yeah. Let's talk about creativity as a whole now and in the digital age. I mean, we're in 2019. Has, has everything been done? <laughs> <laughs> I remember, do you know what? I remember someone saying that to me in about 2003. 
think they're all <laughs> everything was on, everything, oh, yeah. whenever Honda Cock <laughs> came out it's like, that's it now yes everything's been done and everything will always have been done but it's kind of it doesn't stop every time you know every year again nothing beats London of this year yeah. it's like that's it's a challenge that's kind of what makes this world this agency world this creative industry exciting is that mm. you, what's what's next yeah every time we, yeah every time we sit in you know we we brief our creative teams and then we sit in sit in a room for the reviews and it's like yeah you, you're constantly surprised that someone comes back with you or something yeah. it goes oh shit okay that's mm. that's that's different I've never and it's all yeah it's gonna shift perceptions or I hadn't I hadn't thought of that tiny thing in that particular mm. way and it might mm. be a big conceptual idea or it might be a way of you know a craft or an executional thing and it, yeah there's always I don't think anyone would keep doing this if there wasn't that constant chance that you're going to be surprised. Yeah. I'm curious, how, how long have you both been in industry? Um, so Tim joined in 1972, I was <laughs> 1954. <laughs> um, uh, how long have we been in? Uh, so I graduated in 2002. So Yeah, I graduated in 2005. Yeah. I was late into it. So you guys have literally worked through the whole advent of digital and social. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty so much, yeah. I started out in the music industry at the time. Napster was on the rise and the music nice. industry was dying on its backside. Basically, we just make, yeah, we worked our way around industries that yeah. we've been we've constantly told are going to die. But. Fascinating <laughs> conversations of, you know, some we've, we've been able to recognise dinosaurs. We were once told that um, apps were a fad. Yeah. Um, wow. Never, uh, never yeah. kept that. will never catch. Boy, when they yeah. were. <laughs> yeah. Everyone should go to a digital agency now. Mm. Um, but but equally, like you say, we've been told um, like, how many times that TV advertising was was dead. But yeah. still, I was going to say, does it teach you are. to be a bit more cynical when people come out with more, bold claims? I think claims. you have to be yeah. cynical because I think I've been hearing that since probably since we started. Yeah. And I remember first hearing it, thinking, "Oh, I just want to make TV," but. Mm. Um, I think as you get older, and certainly more experience, you re I, the idea really is king, and mm. it doesn't matter what the medium is. If your idea is brilliant and it brilliant within that context, it's that it always wins through and it'll always survive. Mm. Yeah. What What's been the biggest change you've noticed in the last like mm. ten years? Um, maybe in terms of like the way the way people think or the way people are approaching um, media briefs. Um, I think scope, it, it now feels like the possibilities are, there's more possibilities than ever before. Mm. Um, within how you answer a brief, there's no one set way to do it. Um, certainly approach an approach we take at the BBC um, is that there's always, like Tim, you always say that there's always me, there's always airtime to fill. Mm. It's what else can we do beyond that? Mm. Um, yeah, and sort of res like respecting that airtime, but not just, not just making something for the sake of mm. because that 30 seconds is there or what does that 30 seconds lead but to yeah. I'd, that also that is our job because actually the people we want to watch the BBC and the people we're actually selling our content to are not sat waiting to be served an ad at mm. 7.30 to see what's on next we yeah. need to tell them in a different way and mm. I th that's really exciting I think that's what yeah I was going to say it's, it is what, that's, what, that's the creative challenge at the BBC is that you spend your career at ad agencies like you know with having to you know huge media spends on getting these 30 60 seconds things and then you arrive at the bbc and it's just like here's 
tons here's all these seconds to fill with TV make this make this and it's like and now it's like well you know been dying for that our whole career but now it's like well actually that's brilliant but how do we live beyond that and how yeah. do we, and those seconds that we're filling how do we make them relevant beyond that beyond that junction spot because like James says our audience aren't sat there with their dinner on their lap like so, waiting to be served that that, that 60 second film and that yeah. 30 second film so so touching on that is uh, coming towards a sort of a few final points there in our world of say UGC and social media and everybody's a curator everybody you know people are becoming marketers and whatnot and it's it's very sort of uh, there's there's definitely this it feels like a DIY approach now within marketing that a lot of people are sort of coming to yeah. the frame and can do it them yeah. mm -hmm. themselves to an extent mm -hmm. uh, is there does does the sort of copywriter creative director partnership mm -hmm. um, that we've you know been used to in traditional marketing has that does that become outdated in a way and what do you think when you hear uh, people say that I don't think it's become outdated I think again it's uh, the quality of the you know the idea and the craft and the experience that that role brings stops people people doing any old thing. It is a quality control role, um, and you know we're very lucky to be trusted to do that. And mm. hopefully, yeah, we've got the body of work to back it up as well. I um, think the traditional creative team. I think mm. what why it's hung about so long and what's good about it isn't that it's split into copywriters and art directors words and pictures it's like mm. it's it's two people that are collaborating on the like a on a common brief and that's like mm. i think that's the same now but it might not be an art director and a copywriter it might be a um a copywriter and a creative technologist or it might be a copywriter and a planner or it mm. might be an art director or a planner or it might be three or four people it's kind of like i think the more people the more talented people that talk about a problem the better the result will mm. be at the end yeah. of it mm. um, I think sometimes it's you know one man bands do really great work but I do think like really yeah. like collaborating with people that's at the heart of really great work and we, like we we try and steer clear of the sort of production pitches and directors directors pitching and just sort of pick the right people to work with and mm -hmm. collaborate with them and I think that's the that's the same in any medium really and I yeah. think that's why need, creative teams are a good thing you need someone to keep it on track and curate it mm. you know the old adage of there were no statues of committees I guess yeah final loaded question to uh I match the start of us. Oh, you have you, one as well. I'll let you go first. This uh, is the final loaded one, or is this one loaded? As well? <laughs> <laughs> you can do the final the pre, loaded. The I'll the do like loaded, yeah. the uh, uncle. With everything we've talked about, are you confident about the future of the industry? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, Absolutely, I think it's. Yeah. yeah, I I think there's there's more opportunity and possibility than ever before. It's like we're sat here with three cameras, and you know, it wasn't that long ago one camera probably cost the same as mm. these three cameras and mm. you know that's why people are doing their own stuff and it's really exciting it makes it more competitive and therefore you know the um the the desire and pressure i guess to innovate and be different and yeah i think the old models will struggle and like they people that don't yeah, don't evolve and don't move with the times the blockbusters of this world <laughs> you mm. know will will fall by the wayside but you know Ten years ago, you guys wouldn't have existed, and it's kind of yeah. like that's it's a whole new outlet for creative people yeah. to get involved in, and yeah, sort in of ten years time there'll be a you know an agency that you know makes yeah. social chain 
yeah. concerned yeah, and exactly. oh, yeah. something will change. <laughs> really, it's it's kind of, it will. And I think Tim and I have, you know, haven't been around for, you know, we've been around for 17 years or whatever. We have kind of seen waves of things happen. Um, mm. But yeah, it's, it's, it's survival of the fittest. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, just, like I say, there's just always going to be creative outlets for clever, you know, for clever creators. It's sort yeah. of, you know, that's been the interesting thing of like our stage of our career moving out of ad agencies into the into mm. broadcast it's like it's a it's the same but different and i'm mm. sure it's just you know it's just it's no matter what you know a, a, a gaming agency or you know a, a you know and i'm sorry a company that's creating computer games or making apps or you know social media like you guys it's mm. you're deploying the same tools for different purposes and that's yeah. you know, i don't think that'll ever change the you know where you're doing the mic but there's always going to be a need for creative thinkers making stuff yeah um yeah la final. last question we're, we're it's gonna it's gonna sound like a bit of a downer now but i can't <laughs> i can't help but ask with it with the bbc and like other broadcasters move towards um like online subscription platforms and like britbox mm. and more netflix like mm -hmm. alternatives obviously we're seeing especially the bbc i think making a lot of changes to try and suit new audiences is there a nagging concern that you might be slightly too late um, There's always that concern yeah. at the BBC. I think uh, the BBC are acutely aware of, you know, when they're not, as a corporation, we're not leading the way, we are catching up a bit. Um, but the whole organisation is geared towards, you know, serving the people that sort of feed us, really. Mm. Well, I think it's like, and also it's like, I think like not. Like we have to change. We have to change for the right reasons as well. Yeah, I was going to say, is there like an appetite behind. to be like first, to be at the forefront? No, that's not necessarily. I don't think there's that pressure to be first, but it's certainly to be relevant. Um, and then you know, relevant. It, the the industry is so unpredictable in in many ways. Yeah, and you, I think, like I say, you've got like companies that try and become something just mm. change for the sake of change and trying just become that thing over there because it's successful mm. are like naive in a sense as well because oh, yeah, you have to into it. yeah you yeah. got then you've got you've got to change but stay true to your identity and try and know what purpose you are there to serve and who you're there to serve and 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 do that in a, in a relevant way for that time otherwise you know you make a big step change and that's when you can that's that is when you can fall fall apart fall mm -hmm. down and mm -hmm. it's kind of like we have to we have to move towards that in the right way and it might be a little bit slower yeah but, you don't know, want to be too risky yeah it's, it's kind of it's not even i guess it's not about i guess it's not about risk even it's about just not just doing it for the sake of it but doing it for the right reason and mm -hmm. doing it for yeah. what's right for the you know for what B, the bbc stands for because it is it's massive, but it is quite unique. So it's kind of not, you, you know, not trying to become something that you're not. It's a Good lesson answer. for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to leave us a review on iTunes because it really, really helps and allows us to bring you brand new episodes every single week. This has been the Social Minds podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young, and produced by Ollie Thompson. 